Welcome to Breaking the Cycle of Poverty featuring Jay Height, Executive Director of Shepherd Community Center in Indianapolis. My name is Tim Swearens, and I'm your host for these conversations that explore why poverty remains such a persistent problem in the United States. On this episode, we're continuing our conversation with Shane Hardwick of City Paramedic, who has been a part of Shepherd's Shalom team since 2016. Jay, the Shalom Project is innovative uh, in its approach in a, in a number of ways, including the fact that Shane is both a city paramedic and a vital part of a ministry team. How does that partnership between local government and a com- community-based ministry work? Well, we're privileged to have this partnership, this alliance with City Eskenazi IEMS, and have had it for multiple years, where Shepard pays the salary uh, when when Shane is called up by SWAT, he's also a SWAT paramedic and is responding there. Uh, the city pays that part of it, but we're paying his salary. We pay our police officer's salary so that they can focus here in this neighborhood. It's a partnership that has saved lives. It's, it's a partnership that has helped people, and this sounds crazy, die better. They've died connected to someone. They've died knowing someone and someone talking to them. Uh, we've helped improve folks with their health and moved them from sick care to health care. We have a gentleman who Adam and Shane uh, engaged with who was averaging a call to 911 every 22 hours. Uh, he had also spent several weeks in, in jail, so you can mm-hmm. do the math. It was through their intervention, because they're able to engage at a deeper level and get to know people and and not talk about a victim, not talk about a statistic, but to talk to them about their name and determined that they that this individual had dementia. And so organizations had paid for him. I think two had paid for him to get an apartment. And he walked out one morning and never remembered where it was. And so, uh, but the but the system hadn't caught it until our team did. And so he's living in a care facility, getting his meals, getting the coffee that he always wanted, and uh, doesn't have to go to the emergency room to get it. What advice do you have for leaders in other communities who might be interested in starting their own version of the Shalom Project? Well, it works because of who Shane and. Uh, the paramedic and Adam, our police officer, are. It's their hearts. Uh, They've answered a high call. This isn't a job. If it is, it's a horrible job with horrible hours, right? Uh, People shooting at you and you have to put on a vest. It's sort of like a pastor going into a board meeting. Um, And and so they, they put their lives because they want to make a difference. They, they lay their lives at risk every day Uh, because they're going to and have committed to making a difference. Well, we can marry that together with what Shepard is trying to do and make a unique partnership where they are the tip of the spear. They they open and begin the conversation. We get referrals from others through them because a police officer is comfortable talking to a police officer. Uh, a paramedic is is comfortable in sharing these information with the paramedic. It gives us access into the system so that we can have better information, and then we're able to bring about solutions and help build the capacity of those that they're serving, not just give them something for today. Yeah, Shane, as as Jay said, you work closely with a with a police officer. Um, how does that? 
relationship work in terms of you, when you go into a, a scene and and how are you received with uh, with a police officer in tow? So I spent the first 20 years of my career in an ambulance or some sort of vehicle that wasn't a police vehicle. I, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed, and it doesn't happen all the time because there's a lot of thank yous, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of thumbs up as we drive by or mm-hmm. But um, what's completely different that I never had in an ambulance or any kind of EMS vehicle is the the dirty looks and the sneers that you get from some people that just because you're in a police car, just because you have on a uniform, the, I don't know, I, I was initially taken aback by it. I'm used to it now, but it's... Um, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a sad state that that people just look at you for what you represent and and look at you with hate. So um, that's that's one of the things that I've that I've noticed that's that's different. But uh, I think for the most part, once once we get a chance to prove ourselves, and Adam's really good at this. Adam's much better about this than I am. He's um, he's I always, much nicer. He is much. He's much gooder. Um, no, I, I've always, I've always said like, and and not even in a kidding way, but like I'm a, I'm a better person hanging out with Adam. Um, he really knows how to articulate in a in a very genuine way um, what's going on, and 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 really brings a calming presence to a lot of scenes. And so there's a lot of apprehension when we show up, um, but I, I I think that. Um, most people like the coldness thaws pretty quick uh, once they realize that we're there out of out of the genuine interest of of helping, and so that's why our 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 most success is if we're showing up in that immediate nine one one call because we're giving them a business card and we're saying, hey, is it okay if we check back up on you? Um, you've got a group of people that uh, for the most part have never really had a voice and now they've got now they've got you know the personal numbers of public safety people where they don't have to pick up call 911 for any number of minor issues but it's still a quality of life issue for their neighborhood so if we're meeting them on that initial 911 call and we're not darkening their doorstep hey um, you know me and my behemoth cop partner here uh, you didn't do anything wrong, but we want to talk to you about what you've been doing. Like that, that sends a, we don't like making, it, it sends kind of a weird message. But if we were there and then we come back and, and check on them, that's that's where I think we prove to our neighbors that it is a genuine interest in, in their well-being and how they're doing. Yeah. I think one of the unique things also is there's been a couple opportunities where a traditional ambulance crew is going to have to wait until the scene is safe. And when Adam and Shane can respond, he has body armor from his work as uh, with SWAT. And, and so Adam can provide cover while Shane can provide aid and mm-hmm. has saved, uh, I think, a couple of folks who would have died in the, in the minutes uh, that are so precious. I think one of the other things I'm really excited about is that the city is using this partnership as one way to test uh, a special cooler where they carry blood. Uh, Shane carries blood around. And when they have those crises where someone needs blood, we know that blood is life, but generally we've had to wait till they get to the hospital. Uh, Adam and Shane can respond quickly and that cooler can be opened and that blood can be 
used on victims and will ultimately save lives in this. And so uh, uh, an, another paramedic carries that at night. But I think this is a unique way that we can partner with the city. And there's some flexibility because Adam and Shane are able to do things a little different. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh Gave, uh, I administered blood to a, a gentleman yesterday who'd received a couple gunshots. And so, yeah, uh, so it's, it, it, we use it, it works. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting, interesting, uh, they, they give us a little bit more expanded protocols from a paramedic standpoint. So, uh, we carry different drugs. Um, somebody's got an ear infection, we can go and, and, you know, get them some antibiotics for it and, you know, some respiratory issues. We can, we can just treat it right on the scene keep people healthy. Um, as we talked about in the in the previous episode, the, the work you do, the, the work that Adam does as a police officer, it goes well beyond the traditional role of a police officer or a paramedic. And one of the things I've really enjoyed hearing from you over the years is, is specific stories about we, we encountered this person, here's how we helped. And is there a story that, that really stands out in your mind? Yeah. Um, so anytime... And we get asked that question quite a bit because it is such a unique program. Uh, I don't, I don't like talking about things that happened months ago or years ago. I, I always try to apply something that is currently happening, um, something that we are, you know, had just, you know, dealt with or we're in the midst of all of it. Um, so the the story that sticks out to me most recently was uh, three or four weeks ago. Uh, we responded on a person shot. And we get there, we were the first on the scene, and uh, there was nothing in the notes other than it was an unsecure scene and that someone had been shot. Uh, as we're walking up to the house, it became very, very apparent very quickly that this was a child. And so um, he's laying right inside the front door, and I go, you know, I go to work, and, and I roll, and it's this 13-year-old boy, and he's got a gunshot wound right through his sternum. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the brother was there, and 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 he's he's going completely bonkers, rightfully so. Um, but you know, for me to work on him, and he's trying, his brother's trying to get to him. So Adam kind of has to go hands on with the brother. So they're they're kind of tussling above me as I'm starting to work on this child. And um, and it was very few times I I've been at it a long time, but there's very few times in your career where you look at a child and, and you say, I'm, I'm going to watch this little boy take his last breath because he's unconscious. He's barely breathing. Um, and, you know, the ambulance gets there. I was able to give him one of our expanded protocol medications that, that fortunately I get to carry that kind of helps with um, platelets and clotting. And, and so we were able to give him that medication. And uh, what we don't see in public safety or in emergency medicine is a traumatic injury where they're unresponsive and there's nothing that you're doing that's correcting that. And then to be able to fix them to the point that they, they're they able to talk to you. And that's exactly what we did with this kid. We, you know, we, we oxygenated him. We, we were breathing for him. Um, we we did some corrective action where we were, we stuck needles in his chest to, to deflate any lung, any air that was trapped in his chest cavity. And he was able to tell us what his favorite video game was by the time we get him to the hospital. And so he survived a surgery. Um, he, uh, he lacerated it. It messed up some of his pulmonary arteries and some of his pulmonary veins. But um, um, he's now at home. And where 
where it stops usually with a 911 crew is that 911 crew goes to the next call. Yeah. And then that's just all you hear about it. With Adam and I, um, we, along with the EMS crew, I kind of worked it through to once he was off the ventilator, we were able to go visit him and his mother. And um, we had found out that this this kid was sitting on a couch playing playing a video game, minding his own business. And his older brother had a friend that the mom was like, he's not allowed over here. He's trouble. And so he's like, sure thing, mom. And then as soon as she went to work, he invited his buddy over. His buddy comes over, pulls out a gun. He's playing with it, goes off and shoot this, shoots this little boy. So fast forward to a couple of weeks ago, we've made several visits to the family. The, the child's scared to death uh, to stay by himself now. His mom has to work to make ends meet, our ends meet. And so uh, this is a great example of where Shepherd comes into play because we, we bring it back to Shepherd, and we say, hey, here's the story. You've got single mom. You've got a child who by some you know, act of God survived this devastating injury. He's going to be completely fine, but these are their barriers. These are our obstacles. Um, and Shepherd was, was able to, to take it from there. So now... Um, Mom just went back to work this week because she took the rest of the summer off to be with her son. And uh, Shepard was able to step in and help with some with some mortgage assistance, uh, which took a huge weight off of mom. And uh, now he is now enrolled in after school programs through Shepard. So once his regular school day is over, Shepard will go to his school, pick him up, and then bring him to after school after school programs here within his own neighborhood. So mom can continue to work. She doesn't have to worry about hustling home to get, you know, to get off, you know, greet him off the bus. And he gets to be put into a community within within his own neighborhood and to to be loved on and to to have some of the some of the resources and some of the community that Shepherd provides that he otherwise wouldn't get. So that's a that's an excellent example of of some of the work we do and where that transition is, where regular Public safety, EMS policing stops, and where Shalom and Shepherd picks up. That's, could I just, I, I just want to jump in here. Mom had no resources to get rid of the blood-stained bullet hole sofa. And so Adam and Shane and another one of our staff members went over with the truck, picked it up, put it in a dump, got, got, we had a dumpster here, they put it in the dumpster to to relieve this family of a of a horrible reminder of what happened that day. Yeah, they had set it out for heavy trash day, but trash day was like two or three weeks down the road. So I, I couldn't imagine having that reminder sitting in your front yard. So we were able to snatch it up and bring it back here. That starts that that starts that healing on that next level. Yes, what a, what what a what an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. What does what does it mean as a professional as a person to not only save a child's life, but then to have that extended service and relationship and, and help in the in the aftermath of that tragedy oh it, it adds it adds years to your career um to to see those you know it, it's not always it's not always a, a happy ending by any stretch of the imagination um but it when you when you see something like that and, and you get to see it through um that's something that you savor that's something that you don't forget so um you know you, you see a lot of tragedy out there you see a lot of a lot of hurt and a lot of trauma. Don't get me started on this. You know, neighborhoods needing counseling, like you know, to unpack some of this this trauma that they're walking around with. But to to see it, um, and then you know, to see this kid that's going to be completely okay, um, 
I don't know. It, it, like I said, it just it adds years to your career because you you just it makes you feel good and you want to continue making that difference in in people's lives. Well, thank you for for making that difference. Jay, would you pray for Shane and the and the Shalom Project team and and the vital work they're doing? Yeah, Father God, we thank you for Adam and Shane. We thank you for them answering a high call that those in public safety answer each and every day. Father, it is together in this work, this redemptive work, where lives are being changed, not just for today, but for eternity. Thank you for Adam and Shane. Uh, protect them and, and the daily task that they have. Uh, continue to allow us to bring hope and, and that shalom to our community, to be that peacemaker that our city so desperately needs. Bless them and their families. Bless our community. May we be the agents you use to bring about shalom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jay. For 37 years, Shepherd Community has made a lasting difference in the lives of thousands and thousands of neighbors. And the Shepherd team couldn't do that work without the support of donors, partners, and volunteers. To learn more about how you can help, please visit shepherdcommunity.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you.